Hello, everybody. Good to have you with us today for another Devo with Vince and Bo. We're studying the book of Proverbs, and so we're glad to have you with us. We're taking a proverb a day that corresponds with the day of the month. And so today we are looking at uh, Proverb 27. Is that correct, That Vince? is correct. Okay. Yes. I have to check with him because we do more than one of these a day on occasion, and mm -hmm. this, this is one of those days. But uh, we'll be looking at Proverbs chapter 27. And so go ahead and log on. Let us know that you're with us. We'd love to hear from you. And we have a question for you, which we like to do, just to give everybody a chance to kind of weigh in and uh, share a little bit about yourself. And we'll be doing the same. But there's a very popular book that's been around for a number of years, a book by Gary Chapman called The Five Love Languages. Mm -hmm. You've probably heard of it. And uh, the idea behind this book is that we each have a, a language that we are most inclined to use in communicating love. And we each have a language that we are more inclined to receive love by that particular language. The five love languages are these, quality time, uh, physical touch, words of affirmation, gifts, and acts of service. So which one would you say is your primary love language? I'll go over these again. Quality time, number one. Number two, physical touch, hugs. Of course, you know what physical touch is. <laughs> words, words of affirmation, which my, that's mine, by the way. So if you want to love me, that's how you communicate love to me. Gifts and acts of service. I was, yes. telling, I was telling Vince a little bit ago that Jane and I, we, we're like this in our love languages because my is love, uh, words of affirmation. Yeah. You know, that's how I communicate love. That's how I receive love. And she is not a huge communicator of in that yeah. way. Yeah. And so she has to remind herself what my love language is. Mm. I'm exactly the same way with her because her primary love language is acts of service mm. and gifts probably right after that. And uh, I'm not a handyman as, as we have well documented. Yep. And uh, so, you know, if there's some caulking that needs to be done or some mm. minor repair around the house, I'm not so skilled at that. And so I, I shun it, I avoid it, I put it off, yeah. and, uh, and yet I'm missing opportunities to communicate love. Yeah. So over the years, I've gotten a little bit better at it. I've tried to be a little bit more preactive, proactive yeah. and, uh, and, and communicate in her love life. Preactive is even better than proactive. I, I think it just created a new word. So I like that. You never know what you might do or discover at one of these devotions. All right, new words. A whole new On word. The daily, I like that. Yeah. So you are, right, you <laughs> words like to, of affirmation. You like to receive words of affirmation, and Janie likes to receive acts of service. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't tend to give words of affirmation, you don't tend to give acts of service. No, it's I not. A, it. It's like if you were going to rank the, the gifts, you know, yeah. one to five, it's like right. we're, we're both... Like my last one would be acts of right. service. Her last one would be right. words of affirmation, yes. which which means we have to work at it, reminding ourselves yeah. of what communicates best. Yeah. You know, I've written Janie little notes you know, over the years. You know, yeah. this is why I love you, blah, blah, blah. It's like, mm-hmm, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, right. not the reaction that I'm yes. expecting, yes. you know. Then I remember, oh, yeah, it's it's... 
you know, show me, you know, right. <laughs> to do something right. tangible. You yeah. know, that's what speaks to Clean me. Clean the garage. Yeah. Oh, man, that would just, man, that would. She <laughs> oh, my goodness. So how about you? Vince? Yeah, for me, let me share in one second. Let's say let's yeah. say hi to a few people and see uh, what people are sharing as well. Uh, what's up, Kim Dotson? Hi, Rayette. Hi, Linda Morgan. What's up, Pastor Johnson? Hey, Daryl. Hey, Emily Krapa. Hey, Tom. Hey, Liz. Hey, Bill. Lots of great people on today. Uh, the question we're asking is, what is your preferred love language? I left it in the comments, the list of all the different love languages, so you can scroll up to see that. But in the meantime, quality, or quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, gifts, and acts of service. Those are the five. Which one do you like to receive? We would love to hear from you. Quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, gifts, or acts of service. I'm totally a words of affirmation person. Same as you. Oh, good. Same as you. Okay. I can still remember things. I think I, we shared another one. I remember something my sophomore year English teacher told me, you yeah. know, yeah. 18 years ago. Yeah. That still has stuck with me. And um, Joanna is probably the same, actually, which in some ways makes it easy because mm -hmm. a lot of that comes naturally. But then sometimes, like, we'll both do it so much <laughs> that it just stops having the meaning. Great job. Oh, no, you great job. Oh, great job. Leave that thing. No, you great job. See, I can't think you, I don't think you can overdo that. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, it always feels good. Yeah. But then, like, what we found is that, like, even though I don't really care about acts of service, like, if someone else, if some friend does an act of service, I'm like, this is weird. I don't, I don't <laughs> want this. I don't want this. Uh, but if she does, uh, because it's not normal, yeah. it'll feel special. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Her gifts is, like, her bottom one. Uh-huh. But since we do so much words of affirmation, if I ever buy her something, it'll be like, oh, uh -huh. this is out of the norm. Okay. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. So, um... Yeah, yeah, that's what it is for us. Mm -hmm. So today, we're going to be talking about a sixth love language. <laughs> a sixth. That Gary Chapman forgot to include in Gary his book. Gary Chapman <laughs> forgot it. I sent him an email the other day. I said, Gary, what about the sixth one? He still hasn't responded. I'm sure he will. He's probably uh, yeah. just busy, you yeah. know. But uh, the sixth one is found in Proverbs 27. Chapter 6, and this is funny time, I actually talked through this verse, probably because I was preparing for the Devo, but I talked through it with someone this morning, forgetting that that was the one we were going to cover today. But anyways, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 6. This is the sixth love language. Here's what it says. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Let me read that one more time. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. What this proverb is saying, it's using the wound thing as a metaphor, metaphorically saying it's better to be stabbed <laughs> by someone who loves you than to be kissed by someone who secretly hates you. Now, I don't think it literally means it's better to be stabbed mm -hmm. than to be kissed. <laughs> but what it is saying is that friendship, true friendship, often leads to painful moments. 
And those painful moments from a, with a true friend are better than the pleasant moments that we might have with someone who doesn't actually have our best interest in mind. A, probably the most obvious manifestation of this that I think the proverb is pointing to is the fact that friends, true friends, will disagree with us, call us out, sometimes maybe even rebuke us, tell us when they think we're wrong, tell us when they think we're doing something wrong, confront us, have conflict with us that's motivated out of love. And in those moments, we may feel hurt, we may feel wounded, but if it's coming from a place of genuine love, it is actually a good thing. On the flip side, oftentimes the people who bring us the most consistent compliments, flattery, um, always only speaking good things to us, approving of everything we do no matter what, oftentimes those are actually the people that don't have our best interest in mind, but are trying to manipulate or control or get something from us or just don't actually have in mind what's best for us. The true friend will enter into conflict and disagreement out of love and the proverb calls that uh, metaphorically the feeling of being wounded by a friend. Wounding by a friend is the sixth love language. Wounding. Wounding. Right, it. Write, it, write it down. Write it down. <laughs> Number six. That's tough. That's tough. That's tough. That's tough. It's tough to, when you see a friend that you feel like is missing a true perception of reality, it is tough to confront. And when you are being confronted by a friend, it's tough to receive. It's both tough to give the wounding, wounding, and it's tough to receive the wounding. Now, this is different than some a friend who might just say something mean and then have to apologize. Right. Right. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. And that's not good friendship. Although right. it happens between right. good friends at one time or another, <laughs> or or a, a spouse. Well, or sometime. a spouse. <laughs> right. Or a spouse. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's happened. I think. Time it's probably trip. happened to somebody somewhere <laughs> yeah, at right. some point. Yeah. At some point. But this is talking about a wounding that's actually coming from a place of love and is actually something that we need to receive. We had a sermon a long time ago, not to quote my own sermon, but <laughs> love requires confrontation. Yeah. And confrontation requires yeah. love. So um, I want to actually give you two phrases that you've said to yourself that's prevented you from giving or receiving uh, the conflict and wounding that has to happen between good friends. The first phrase is this. This has prevented you from receiving wounding that you need from a friend. The phrase is this. My friends should support me no matter what. You ever heard that, Bo? Mm. You ever heard someone say yeah. that? Yeah. My friends should support me no matter what. Or my spouse should support me no matter what. Right. Or my dad should support me no matter what. Or my kid should support me no matter what. It sounds right, mm -hmm. doesn't it? Yeah. It's got a ring to it that's like, yeah, mm -hmm. my friend should support well, that me kinda, no matter what. It kind of goes along with the idea of unconditional love. It feels so closely uh -huh. tied into that. Unconditional love, how could that not mean unconditional support? Yeah. But the reality is, 
your friends should support you in what they believe is best for you. Mm -hmm. And in what, when they see you going down a path that is not best for you, they are hurting you to support you in that decision. This happens all the time with people when they first become Christians. They're like, the church is awesome. My <laughs> Christian friends are awesome. All my old friends are lame. <laughs> Until they start spending more time with Christians and then their Christian friends say, hey, uh, I think maybe you should consider what the Bible says about how you're sleeping around or cheating or lying or stealing or getting drunk or whatever it is. And they go, whoa, you Christian friends. Yeah. I thought you were supposed to pour me. You're being so judgmental. You're being so judgmental. I'm going to go back with my true friends yeah. who will support me no matter what. Yeah. And then and then that ends up hurting you where if you see the wisdom in this proverb, you understand that your true friends will wound you mm -hmm. to keep you going down the path that's best for you. If you find yourself saying, my friends will support me no matter what, you are likely surrounding yourself with people who are actually hurting you and not helping you. Mm -hmm. Because your true friends will not support you no matter what. They'll support you when they see you doing what's best for you, and they won't support you when they see you doing what's not best for you. Second phrase, this is the phrase you tell yourself that prevents you from wounding someone else. And I hear this all the time, and it, I'm, I'm fired up today. I, yeah. I, I had coffee right before this came I'm in the zone. It's none of my business. Mm -hmm. It's none of my business. Yeah. Oh, I've got a friend and, you know, I know they're getting drunk all the time, but it's none of my business. I've got a friend and I see them just driving their marriage into the gutter, but it's none of my business. I've got a friend and, you know, I know that they're not really pursuing the Lord, but it's none of my business. They're my friend. They're my friend. But what they're doing is none of my business. In that moment, you are not loving that friend. You feel like you're helping, but you're not. You are preventing that friend from having a connection with what is best for them. If it's your friend, it's your business. Mm -hmm. If it's your friend, where they're driving their life is your business. If it's not your business, whose business is it? <laughs> right? Yeah. Who is gonna call somebody out on the things that are sending their life into the gutter, if not for their friends who are supposed to love and care for them. So those are the two phrases we wanna, want you to pay attention to. One, when you find yourself saying, my friend should support me no matter what. Pay attention mm -hmm. to what's going on. If you find yourself saying, it's none of my business, pay attention because it may very much be your business. Bo, you had an incredible illustration of the importance of yeah. disagreeing and having conflict be willing, in situations that really be, matter. Being willing to sit, have the awkward conversation or, yes. yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, before I tell that, you know, I love yeah, the go verse ahead, that go goes right before the verse that, yeah. you, that you read, and that is verse five. It says, open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so sometimes it just reinforces this idea that Sometimes the loving thing to do is to speak up, yeah. and speak out. Right. But um, Jan and I, we, we have this weird fascination with the television program, Why Airplanes Crash. I think they've changed the name to Air, Air, like Air Disasters. So we watch this great thing. Show, yeah, show. it's a great <laughs> show. We like to watch it right before we're getting ready to take a trip. Right. And <laughs> 
everybody it's wins. amazing. We get on a plane after seeing all the ways they can crash. Yeah, you feel great. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there was a plane. It was, uh, I think it was, it was in an Asian country. It might have been South Korea. And where they have a really high regard for authority. Mm-hmm. Um, never disagree with authority. Never question or disagree with authority. It's just rooted in their, in their culture right. strongly. And so part, one of the jobs of the first officer is to speak up when he sees a potential problem. Because the pilot flying the plane, maybe he's not seeing all the instruments, he's not aware of everything. Right. And so it's the job of the first officer to call out things, you know, yeah. altitude, speed, or whatever else that might you know, not be right. And so there was a problem that was going on with the plane and the first officer would kind of hint around at it. And of course they have all of this on tape. It's all recorded, the conversation in the cockpit's recorded. And like two or three times he would, he would mm. approach it, mm. but not speak forcefully enough mm. to cause the pilot to stop and change yeah. what was going on. The plane crashed oh. and everybody died right. because of that resistance to speaking hard truth, to wounding, to say something that maybe this person doesn't want to hear from right. me, a subordinate, right. you know, right. and and so it caused the airline industry to completely rethink their training with regard to how the pilot and first officer relate, yeah. and in fact they went away from referring to the pilot as the captain. They said yeah. call him by his first name. Yeah, we don't. We're doing away with titles because right. we want to help break down these barriers that prevent people from speaking things that need to be spoken for right. everyone's good. Yes. So oh, it's so good. It is. It's a it's it's a vital thing and um, when somebody is calling us out, mm-hmm. you can think to your head, this person is trying to keep my plane from yeah. crashing. Right? <laughs> They're trying to keep the plane of my life from crashing. That's worth yeah. a wound. When you see someone's plane about to crash and you go, I don't want to wound them. It's like you're just letting them. Is that love? Is that love? <laughs> yeah. This is the sixth love language. There you go. Wounding from a place of love. Keep yeah. going. You had something more. I felt it coming. You more. Well, yeah, there's always more. You, you can put two preachers <laughs> on front of a camera. <laughs> there's always more. Um, but, you know, I, I was just going to say that, um, and this comes easier for some people than others. This yeah. very thing. Oh, and for me, so I, I have to say, you know, in the gift analysis and so forth, you know, the various motivational gifts or however you want to r- refer to them, body gifts, I'm a high mercy. Yeah. It's like I hate Causing saying something like, that hurts yeah. somebody. Oh, Not yeah. that I don't sometimes do it, yeah. but I really have an aversion to saying something that somebody doesn't want to hear. And so this is an exhortation I need to be reminded of Mm, because it's not loving to let something slide. Now we can go crazy with this and you can take on the role of, Hey, I'm the, I'm my, my job is rebuking. My only love language is wounding. Yeah, right. I I just go around and straighten everybody out. You might need to see a counselor if that's how you feel. And that's probably more the way. Eileen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's good to be, have that awareness, yes, you know, yes. um, because in some cases you probably have to tamp it down a little bit yes, and say, oh, don't be so quick to, yeah. you know, that's my point default. Out. That's my default. Yeah. I got to call that person out. 
Yeah. That's just my you know, default reaction. It, it's not it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing yeah. when done right. It's like everything yes. else. Yeah. You know, it has to be yeah. done, you know, in in a spirit of love. Yeah. You know. Um, and so, yeah, in your case, you probably have to stop and say, okay, let, let me make sure my motivation is right. Yeah, my, I've thought my, it through. Yeah, I've thought it through, and I'm going to say it. Okay, it's a hard thing, but there's a, there might be a, the best way to say it. You know, right, you know, right. And, and how I say it is probably as important as what I say. Yes. So, Joe yeah. calls me out on that all the time. She'll go, wait 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. Hold up. Don't, right. don't confront right away. Yeah. You know. So, but it's great or exhortation, great point. You yeah. know, it's something we all need. We all yeah. need friends that love us enough to tell us the hard truth. True friendship is gonna hurt yes. from time to time. True friendship will hurt from time to time. So when, it, when you're receiving it, say this is part of true friendship. Mm -hmm. And if you feel like you might have to give it, say this is part of true friendship. All right, y'all, we love you. Thanks for tuning in. We got another Devo tomorrow. We got another Devo Friday. We hope you have a great week. We hope to see you all Sunday, either in person or online. Have a great day.